Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. I'm Ash Bennington. Excited today to talk to Brian Mahoney, Chief Strategy Officer and Co-Founder at the Alchemy Network about bridging the gap between CFI and DeFi. Brian, welcome to Real Vision. Thanks, Ash, for having me on. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Let's talk a little bit about your background. We set this up at the beginning, uh, bridging the gap between CFI and DeFi. You have a traditional uh, centralized financial background, otherwise known as working at banks like I did in my 20s. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, Many years of cutting my teeth on the CFI side or or the centralized finance side of the house. Um, I spent about just under 10 years uh, at uh, traditional banks and uh, financial institutions. Uh, so I started my career uh, in investment banking uh, for a firm called Lazard Middle Market. And then from there, uh, moved to HSBC, where um, I was basically had about every single hat you could wear at a bank, um, a crash course into, um, you know, the financial markets at large. And, uh, you know, really has been sort of the bedrock of a lot of the things we're doing today at Alchemy Network in terms of, you know, ways to uh, make the f- current financial system more efficient and uh, reap some of the benefits of DeFi. So, um, you know, I was kind of um, in the leverage finance group at HSBC um, as my last role and then uh, moved into early stage VC in New York. And it was this was around the 2016 time frame. And from there um, kind of was what they say, fall on the rabbit hole. Um, that's when the, uh, the crypto lightning bug struck me. And uh, I actually joined a company um, in the uh, white label exchange uh, space, a company by the name of Alpha Point. I was there pretty early uh, for a couple of years, saw it go, um, you know, from about 10 employees to uh, north of 150 at the height. Um, so great sort of crash course into the um, crypto ecosystem at large, institutional and uh, DeFi as well. And uh, from there, uh, in about spring 2019 is when I met up with my co-founders in New York at the Techstars um, Blockchain Accelerator, uh, the inaugural one. And uh, from there, uh, we, we started up Alchemy and um, it's been a, a fun ride ever since. So I'm curious about your journey down the intellectual rabbit hole that is crypto and digital assets. You could have had a very successful, very lucrative career as a banker. What pulled you in this new direction? So for me, um, you know, finance has always been an interesting topic uh, and, you know, one that's always kind of scratched my curiosity, as I like to say. Um, You know, I I really um, what kind of drew me in was it's 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 the language of business, right? And, you know, I always knew that, hey, I wanted to kind of be the entrepreneurial or go down the entrepreneurial path. Uh, but I wasn't quite, you know, in my early to mid 20s, wasn't quite sure what that was at the time. Um, and so, you know, just chose finance as sort of a nice path to do that. And, and you know, through sort of the process of elimination almost uh, found blockchain and crypto because uh, I was looking for something more. Right. I, I'm, I'm very much a believer in sort of this double bottom line concept you know, um, or, or, or the opposite of what some people call the zero sum game. Uh, so for me, you know, financial, uh, the financial markets at large have created a lot of value in our underpinning of, you know, pretty much everything we do in a capitalist society, especially in the West. 
Um, but I was also looking for a way to build value and add value to the world. And um, I saw blockchain and crypto as this sort of emerging trend. And that was, for me, the, the nice sort of launch pad into, you know, really scratching my entrepreneurial itch. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting, this space uh, that many of us are so passionate about. Uh, obviously, there are still a great deal of challenges uh, yes. to onboarding large quantities of people in this space. Legal, regulatory compliance, user interface, user experience. Tell us a little bit about where you see the state of play today on the DeFi side and what that bridge looks like in the future. Well, there has been tremendous growth in what we call decentralized finance. And just to define how do I think about and, and we think about DeFi at Alchemy, it's sort of everything um, or capital on chain, right? So there, I, I look at the world and you know, there's, there's this world of multiple chains, which you could sort of, it starts in Ethereum and then the broader sort of programmable blockchain ecosystem. Uh, but there's also this off-chain world or what we call CFI that interacts with the blockchain tangentially, right? And I can get into more sort of the, the details there as we go on this discussion. But in terms of um, DeFi at large and, and where we're trying to really focus on is kind of be that on-ramp or that uh, institutional unlock for these firms to come into the space. And, and that starts right. with um, solving what we call the three Cs, uh, which we define as capital control and um, connectivity. Uh, so DeFi, you know, is, is complicated as it stands, right? Uh, there's lots, you know, the space moves very fast, lots of opportunity and, and lots of these institutions, you know, they see these these yields through the roof or this, you know, exponential growth curve and, and you know, peaking at, I think, 250 billion at the height uh, in terms of DeFi uh, market size over the past, you know, year, right? Um, but we have a long way to go. And so, you know, the, the way to make that, um, take it to the next level, if you will, uh, is making that uh, streamlined, much more streamlined connectivity for, uh, from a connectivity perspective, as well as unlocking what I call the trusted counterparty problem and providing, you know, the, the comfort for these institutions to come in in a more trusted way, right? Uh, because DeFi as it stands, some of the beauty of it is permissionless and, and these open system networks, right? But uh, these institutions are built on, you know, sort of web two or, or you know, um, more traditional uh, business models, right? right. You know, an LLC or, or structure that is not built for this sort of Web3 DAO on-chain world. And so there needs to be this um, sort of middle ground that unlocks these guys to come into the space because there is definitely the demand. They're wanting to come in, but you know many of them don't know where to start. So for us, we are very much focused on just sort of nailing that, um, uh, that on-ramp experience in a, in a deep and sort of simple way, but also yeah. uh, unlocking the power of the DeFi ecosystem for them to come in. Well, let's unpack that a little bit because yeah. I think that's spot on and it's exactly what I hear. Uh, there's this sort of a twin feeling about DeFi when you talk to folks in their 30s and 40s uh, who have been in traditional finance, who have worked in banking. On the one hand, obviously, there's an incredible amount of interest, smart right. entrepreneurial people who work at large financial institutions, medium financial institutions, small financial institutions, all see the promise of DeFi. But as you say, there's a little bit of not knowing where to begin. And also, I think there's fear and skepticism and concern what is it that you're hearing when you have these conversations? Because you're in a uniquely uh, well-positioned spot to hear those views uh, about what's happening in the traditional finance side and how they're attempting to bridge into DeFi. Well, let's just say that many of my uh, TradFi friends thought I was crazy uh, maybe three, four years ago when I said I was going into this you know, crypto blockchain world and, and full-time, right? And now they're all asking me how to get in. 
Um, right. So it's kind of come full circle a little bit, which is uh, pretty fun. And, and, and many of them are actually doing yield farming on the side while holding their uh, full-time jobs. So that's also pretty interesting. Um, totally. So, you know, the, the, really the, the space needs to open up a bit, I think, to, to allow for a lot of these folks to come into the space and if their firms don't, you know, sort of move that direction already. And I think it'll be a combination of the two. Yeah. Let's talk about both sides of that dilemma. Right. So on the one hand, what's their curiosity? What's their interest? Why are they excited about this? And on the second... Tell us about what some of those limitations, concerns, uh, and things that need to be bridged are. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we, I like to uh, joke that uh, DeFi and CeFi is a bit like U.S. politics. It's pretty polarized, right? You have the conservatives on one end and the liberals on the other. You know, pick your pick your side there in terms of which camp uh, DeFi and CeFi belong in. But um, there's there's not a lot of moderate players, right? And so Alchemy, you know, what we're trying to solve is to be that intermediary ground and have a CFI experience, but the DeFi ethos of our of our products and and our you know really our company's infrastructure, right? So we're committed to open source. We're, we're we have a DAO set up and you know progressively decentralizing token in market, but the product experience and everything we do and build for is in the keeping in mind of that institution grade experience and and sort of you know um, allowing these these folks to you know keep that, you know, traditional experience that they're used to, but have that on chain, right? And that's yeah. a big order, right? Because, you know, there's a it's fundamentally blockchains and, and the DeFi stack, we'll call it, is uh, built in a much different way than what traditional firms are used to. So there's a, a lot, there's a learning curve, number one, uh, that is, you know, and then some of these, these firms are just sort of getting up to speed right now, I would say, you know, kind of the past few years, there's been a lot of education that ha that's had to occur. And also the juice has has had to be worth the squeeze for these institutions to come in, meaning the, the, the markets on chain have to be worth the, the breadth and depth of asset deployment because, you know, there's 40 trillion plus, depending on what you're looking at, and, you know, the, the money markets, fixed income, equity markets, right, that ha has not made its way on chain yet, right? Crypto is still dropping the bucket from a market cap perspective, you know, touching around 3 trillion this year in total market cap with Bitcoin being, let's say, you know, 50, 60 percent of that, right? So DeFi is a subset, fast growing exponential opportunity, but uh, still very small when you look at it as a, you know, um, compared to the rest of the global asset markets and some of the big, you know, buckets of fixed income and, and equity. Right. Uh, yeah, so three trillion at high down to about two trillion now as we have this conversation. Yeah, here that's right. In January. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so in, in terms of what you know, we're seeing in, from these institutions and, and we're just you know, taking some of my uh, old TradFi friends, I think there's a, a number of factors that are driving them uh, the direction of DeFi. I mean, of course, the yields are all are appetizing. Lots of folks making a lot of money across the space. You know, that's that's obviously one um, driver of it and, and gets people's attention. But also, I think there, there's this there's this concept of you know a few other macro um, tailwinds that are that are sort of um, changing the global economy at large. You know, if you think about the industries that have been disrupted by technology in, in the past you know 10, 20 years, uh, from the Facebooks and, and the Amazons and the, the GAFA, as we know, and and you know some of these other sectors, right? Uh, the ones that have not been disrupted are the highly regulated ones, right? With finance, healthcare, education, government. Those are sort of the last four that you know it's their time to come. And finance, you're seeing that now being rethought and, and really a lot of um, innovation occurring and sort of this two camps of, of you know, with FinTech one, uh, sort of 1.5, if you will, and then this, you know, sort of the re rethinking things from the bottom up with, with DeFi and blockchain. Um, so, you know, that's caught the attention of a lot of these investors and the guys who, you know, sort of um, are the ones making the decisions in today's economy and, and today's traditional capital markets in terms of deploying capital and how they invest and grow their balance sheets, right, at, at banks and hedge funds and private equity firms, et cetera, right? So, um, they're seeing the opportunity and the return potential, and they want to get in on that. 
Um, in addition, you have, you know, things like inflation, the, the money printing engine that everyone, you know, sort of, uh, if you go on crypto Twitter, that's one of the favorite topics there yeah. of, uh, you know, hey, we are sitting on a bunch of cash. There's the U.S. government or, or depending on where you are um, jurisdictionally there, that is a big threat um, to the U.S. dollar uh, right now. So, you know, DeFi offers a safe haven um, in some of that, those cases of stable coins or some of the interest products that are out there. Uh, and then you just have, you know, also like the COVID economy, right? Sort of this mass accelerant for a lot of trends that were already underway, like remote working, for example, distributed economies, you know, this, this concept of, hey, you know, do you, can we build our company online? Do we need to have all of our employees in one country or jurisdiction? Or can we set up a team and, you know, have this structure where you know, people are coming together around the world and, and um, solving problems at, at scale? Um, and I think that, you know, these all these things are are in varying degrees of, of um, adoption and, and sort of momentum. But, you know, it's pretty clear at this point that uh, we're moving to a world of, you know, enhanced digitization of everything. Right? right. And it only makes sense that, you know, you have a phone, which is an extension of yourself. Right. You're really you get I mean, the next step there is your money should be digital, too. And and in natively digital, right? You know, this sort of this one step, like a Venmo or, or a FinTech product, right? Is is not fully there. It's it's um, a little bit, uh, you know, sort of like that halfway solution. And and so um, I think they're looking to, you know, move into a world that continues to move um, fully digital. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.